Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 193, the coach better, play better, but then admit he was out coached of Sodes of Sodes. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one comes to us via Jared at Titans 5327. Shout out uh, Keith Bullock, Eddie George, and the numbers of that uh, that Twitter handle at Titans 5327. Jared, shout out to that for that so title. And it's a very aptly uh timed so title obviously as uh Vrabel did he hit us again with the uh we just need to find a way to improve which is essentially like saying we need to find a way to play better and coach better and then he later on admitted that the the they were out coached by the Jaguars not something you want your head coach to hear especially a coach that like preaches every single week accountability and wanting to get better uh so where are we going with this so Pretty much just there. Uh, a lot of it's going to focus on Mike Vrabel. We're bringing on Paul Kaharski to ask him some tough questions because he is the one, the man to go to for tough questions. Uh, old PK from paulkaharski.com. We are uh, going to ask him all about Vrabel. Uh, is there an update to the Bunsen burner? I'll just say it. Yeah, there is. There's an update to the Bunsen burner. And... Uh, we got to get into the Titans exciting news that they dropped this past week. Mm. <laughs> and boy, did they undersell it. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from our friends at relax the back. The relax the back team sets out every day to help people in the national area, work better, live better and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, this is the place for you. Or if you know someone that struggles with those issues in your family, maybe a loved one, well, check this out. Christmas is coming over at Relax the Back, and you can save big on some awesome items. Zero gravity recliners, arch refresh foot massagers, conforum neck pillows, and adjustable wedge pillow systems, all at massive discounts in store. You want to make sure you're at Relax the Back shopping for your loved ones this holiday season. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over by Hillsborough High School. If you're unable to get there, Visit them online at stores.relaxaback.com slash Nashville. They've got great deals online as well. And start feeling better today. But when you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bay. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 22nd, 
Okay, Tuppers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? <laughs> Not hardly. We don't go there until week 14. And you know what? You can expect hazardous travel later today that, you know, that uh, that uh, blizzard thingy. That blizzard thing. That blizzard thing. Oh, well, here's the report. The National Weather Service is calling for a big blizzard thing. Yes, they are. But, you know, there's another reason why today is especially exciting. Especially cold. <laughs> especially cold. Okay. But the big question on everybody's lips. On their chapped lips. <laughs> on their chapped lips. Right. Do you think Vrabel is going to come out and find a way to play better and coach better? Mike Vrabel. <laughs> That's right. Woodchuck Tuppers. It's Groundhog Day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Jack. I wish I wish they knew how many times we went over those lines. Yeah, we we literally practiced that in the mirror about 16 different times. Uh we we had to nail that. Uh Jack uh, Jack could not get the line especially cold down for the life of him. Um uh, especially glad, cold. No. But I'm you nailed it. it look in look in the actual look when the game unlike the Titans like you you weren't great in practice, but you excelled <laughs> in the game. When the lights come on, I'm just a different player. I'm like Will Levis. Jack. Uh, Will Levis the against the Falcons. Also, true Tuppers will really appreciate this. Um, but that whole bit that we did, just uh, mimicking Groundhog Day, because that's what it feels like for Titans fans. Jack has never seen that movie. So he did that especially blind, especially cold. <laughs> I, I did watch the clip over and over. I did not want to mess this up. I knew Austin was going to come in hot, and he did. And uh, but I look, the execution was fine, unlike the Titans' offense. You know, and that's the thing: we are able to admit um, when we're bad, and when we are bad, like we work to get better. With this Titans team, it doesn't feel like they do. Look, I know they go to practice. I know they all they all recognize how bad they are, and they're all frustrated. You can see it with Jeffrey Simmons. You can see it with Derrick Henry. Mike Vrabel even is very annoyed that this team is so bad. But nothing is changing every single week. We are coming out here and doing the exact same. So it is, frankly, it's kind of annoying just doing what we have to do, let alone what the what the Titans players and staff have to do. Jack, this is we are perpetually living in Groundhog's Day. It's the uh, you know, it's the definition of insanity. We're doing the same things over and over, expecting different results. And if anything, the results are getting worse. You you go out and you get blown out in Tampa. Then you go, uh, maybe it's just the state of Florida. I don't know. But then you go over to Jacksonville, Duval County, and you get even, it's an even worse game. You don't show signs of life until you're down 27 points. I just don't know what to say anymore, really. Yeah, it's terrible because, you know, against the Jags is when you expect this Titans team to step up, forget what's happened to them, forget where they've been, where they're going, you know, for one game, be better than the Jags. It's what you've been doing for the last decade. They didn't. They got swamp donkeyed upside the head by a two by four on Sunday. I, it took them forever to wake up, which shouldn't happen. And, you know, things were moving well for the first, what, minute of that game for the Titans on offense. And then Aaron Brewer has the bad snap, his third of the season and well not third bad snap he's had plenty of those but third that leads to a turnover it, it's frustrating you know tim kelly had a nice end around call to chris moore 38 yards the titans are moving the football and 
then it's just the same old Titans prop up and you lose a turnover battle again. You've only won it once this year against the Cleveland Browns. And with the way this offense is playing, you can't win without forcing turnovers on defense. Yeah, that Chris Moore end around actually came on the second series of the game, second because drive. if you if you remember, the first drive was a three and out, which aptly ended in a sack something that we are all too familiar with. And you know what? Honestly, as a Titans fan, not as fun to see sacks when you're on offense because you don't even get the Mike Keith exasperated sack call on those. You know, I, I think it would be, at least be somewhat enjoyable. Maybe, maybe next time we get Mike Keith on the sode, we'll uh, we'll ask him, hey, can you do the sack call for offense too, just to make, just to ease our tension just a little bit? <laughs> like a sad sack, like sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is good for a Titan sack. With that sack, we will take away a hundred dollars from Kroger's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever their whatever second harvest deep. food bank. Second yeah. harvest food bank. There it is. There it is. Um, but yeah, Jack, it's I I don't know, man. I and we're gonna get into a lot of discussion about Mike Vrabel specifically, because I know there's a lot of people that are getting frustrated with Vrabel and um with what's going on. And I kind of want to talk with you about it real quick, Jack. Um, last week, what? I turned the Bunsen burner on, right? Right. I I, I think I'm going to turn it up just one notch. You know, there's if there's, let's say, there's like five notches on the Bunsen burner, I'm going to turn it up just one notch, okay? Um, and I'll be honest, I was probably ready to, bump it up three notches after Sunday, but you know, after some time to sit and think about it and even talking to PK, um, my, my feeling has changed just a little bit, but I'm turning it up one notch and I'll tell you why I am very frustrated, not just with this season and how it has started, but with last season and how it ended. And I know that they Titans were faced with a plethora of injuries, uh, breaking their own record for most injured team in NFL history. However, there were still other things that were or were not done last year that made me frustrated that Mike Vrabel is, was in charge because if anyone else was in charge, it may have been done differently. For example, today, the Pittsburgh Steelers relieved Matt Canada of their duties. Now, Matt Canada, very much like a Todd Downing in a sense that it was an offensive coordinator that the entire fan base hated. They knew he, they could see with their own eyes that he was not getting the job done. Play calling was terrible. It was, it was bad. And today Mike Tomlin said, all right, no, enough is enough. After a 13 to 10 loss to the Cleveland Browns, we're going to change ways. Mike Vrabel to me would never have done that. And nor did he do that last year in the midst of a horrible collapse. And you have Tim Kelly on staff last year. So you have to think if, if Todd Downing was let go in season last year, who's going to take over the reins of play calling? Probably Tim Kelly. Now I don't think Tim Kelly could have been some white knight savior for last year's team and where it was headed, but I do think he could have helped a little bit. And with close losses down the stretch, especially in that Jaguars game, in the final game of the season, the win and you're in game. And honestly, think about it. If you win one game down that stretch, you win the division. You go to the playoffs. That's how, how Mike Vrabel wants to talk about a fine line. That's how fine of a line it was last season. And so with Vrabel refusing to make an in-season decision 
of letting down and go, despite what all of the numbers told you, where the offense was regressing every year, and it, it went from one of the best offenses with Arthur Smith to in a worse offense with Todd Downing in year one, and an even worse offense than that in year two, you just kind of sit on your hands and say, well, no, we're going to keep trotting this out, and you wait till the offseason to make that change. That, to me, like, we don't talk about it enough when talking about having the Mike Vrabel discussion that Mike Vrabel, and I know John Robinson and, and roster and personnel has a lot to do with it, but the head coach is still the head coach. And he is the architect of essentially one of the worst collapses in NFL history. We just mm. kind of, as Titans fans, we let that slide. Like we don't talk about the fact that this team lost seven games on the stretch. They had a four game lead in the division and they blew it. And people don't talk about it enough, thankfully, because we're the Tennessee Titans and people don't talk about the Titans enough. People were are more in awe of what the Jaguars did than what the Titans did to lose that. And the only reason the Jaguars did what they did was because the Titans lost it. So at some point, I feel like we got to hold Vrabel's ass to that fire, as well as this three and seven mess that we're looking at now. You had an entire offseason to maybe better your person, uh, you know, like your, your staff and to better your personnel. And I know their hands were somewhat tied with, with budgetary. Yeah. With budgetary restraints. Yes. But at the same time, like if there's guys on your team, not playing, like, it's not like baseball where it's like, you have to pay out contracts. You can cut ties. You can cut guys and I don't know, sign things. And I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying this way more than I probably am allowed to, but, like, are you like, I just feel like it's, it's, there's two massive strikes on Mike Vrabel's plate right now. I am, I'm, I'm going to hold him to last year because keep in mind, John Robinson has not been in the building for almost a, a, a full calendar year. Sure. But so, you know, some of his mess will, will live on yes. for years. And I, and I do agree with that. I do agree with that, but there have been a lot of decisions made that have not worked out since then. And we know that Mike Vrabel has gotten more of his hand in that cookie jar of personnel decisions. I mean, right now to me, Jack, and I don't know how you come out on this. Strike one was last season, seven game losing streak to, to blow the division lead. Strike two is the three and seven start to this year. If there's a strike three, I mean, like, yeah, would it come this year? I wonder. And, you know, to get back to your point about, I don't think the seven-game losing streak was strike one. I think not firing downing in the middle of last season is the is the strike one. You okay, I'll, four, I'll accept that. I'll accept and that. And here, here's why. You lost four games. Four out of those seven games down the stretch, you lost by one score. Yeah, see? Score. And that... And 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 it was an offense that could not score. Think about it. 27 points in that Thursday night in Green Bay was your highest offensive output of the entire year. All four of those games, they lost by one score. The opponent never scored 21 points. I, and that's the thing. Oh. And so, so last year, Vrabel's defense was doing the job. The offense was not but he held on to Todd Downing for reasons that are beyond me that I do not understand. And then sure enough, you see a guy like Josh Dobbs having success. He was having success with Arizona's roster earlier this year. Then he gets traded to Minnesota. And obviously Minnesota is a much better roster than what the Titans have had when he was here. 
But and Dobbs hasn't lit the world on fire. I mean, he's just playing efficient football, you know, not making mistakes. But he's being put in successful opportunities. And I feel yes. like that's something that Todd Downing just did not know how to scheme up. Um, it is, I I just, so yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. I think strike one for sure, not canning Todd Downing in season. I mean, heck, you, you were given an out too with the DUI. Not that, you know, like... I, yeah, I, but he I just hung know. 27 on the Packers in Lambeau. You know? I, right, right. You, we wanted to think like, oh, this is the beginning of them finding something. It's after a season and a half, it's clicking. But I think the truth was in the, what, the, the pudding? Is that a saying? The, the proof was in the pudding. pudding. The proof is in the pudding. That makes way more sense. A lot better alliteration. You. you get the movies. Proof. I'll get the little anecdote. <laughs> yeah. The proof is in the pudding with the year and a half leading up to that. But no, we were just so punch drunk. Sorry, bad choice of words. Bad choice of words. And we were, <laughs> we were so like on a high after that win in Green Bay that like we were willing to overlook the year and a half prior, thinking, oh, maybe this is the start of something. Sure enough, it was not the start of anything. It was the exception to the rule. I'm just, I, I, I'm not in a good feeling with Rabes, and I, I, and then that's why I'm turning up the Bunsen burner just one notch. It's hard to feel good about Vrabel's job this year. And, you know, I, you mentioned strike two and strike three it could be on the horizon. I want to ask you about Carolina this week. Carolina comes in one and nine. They're a team you should absolutely beat. Frank Reich has given the Titans trouble in the yeah. past. Yeah. Um, I, I want to know what you think about this. Is Sunday's game against the Panthers a win or go home for Mike Vrabel? Is he coaching for his job? Because Look, Amy Adams shrunk at the end of the day is Bud Adams' daughter. She doesn't like getting embarrassed. We saw what happened after they got embarrassed in Philadelphia. Well, now the Titans have gotten embarrassed in two straight weeks against Tampa Bay and Jacksonville. But you can make an easy, it's easy to make a case that both of those rosters are better than what the Titans have at their disposal mm -hmm. right now. Right. But if the Carolina Panthers come into Nashville and beat the Titans by two scores, is that the final straw for Amy Adams Strunk and Mike Vrabel? I want to know what you think about it. Hmm. It's hard to summarize that question. In, yes. Yes. A thousand percent. <laughs> yes, Jack. Because, and I'll tell you why. You go to Tampa and you look lifeless and you lose that game pretty badly. Not even scoring a touchdown. Then you go to Jacksonville. And you could argue you look even more lifeless against a division opponent. And then immediately following that, you come home where you're supposed to be good. And if you lose to Carolina, I mean, that's the lowest of the low. Carolina is the worst team in the NFL. And if you lose at home to the worst team in the NFL after two lifeless games on the road, to me, it's you've lost this team. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know if you can't like you're literally you're literally getting tossed like, OK, you've got uh, uh, Randy Johnson on the bump, throws you a pitch 99 miles per hour. You swing and miss. OK, fine. That was the box game. All right. Then you bring on uh, uh, Roger Clemens in his prime. OK, he hits 99 on the gun, throws it right by you. Okay, boom, you swing and miss. All right, that was the Jaguars. Then you bring on literally like old Don Rickles, uh, so the 
little league coach from Civitan Baseball in Brentwood, Tennessee. He comes in to just throw a little soft toss your way. If you swing and miss at that, buddy, you're struck out. You, we, we talked about the, the, the three strikes for Vrabel. To me, there's, there's too many strikes in this game that we're playing this season. One was the, the Tampa Bay game. Two was the Jack, Jacksonville game. And now three, if you can't beat the easiest team, essentially a bye week. If you can't beat the Panthers, which I, I'm not 100% confident that they can beat the Panthers. Carolina's got a pass rush. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I would not be surprised. But to me, your your 3-17 and 17 record over the last 17 games, which is tied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, 3-14 and 14 over the last 17 games, is tied for the worst in football over that time span. Or maybe it's second worst, but regardless, you're picking either one or two. Okay. You're getting either Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota in the draft based off of those results. To me, if you lose again, like there is nothing positive about what we're watching with the Titans right now. I lived through the two and 14 Chicago Bears last season. Okay. With that, you know, you have new head coach, Matt Eberflus. You've got Justin Fields kind of starting his first, like, full season. As a lot a of money in the offseason. Yeah, you had a lot of money coming up in the offseason, much like you're seeing right here with the Titans. To me, if you – that was like – watching that 2-14 and 14 team, it was like, okay, there's things to build off of. You would see them lose games close. You would see them battle, and you would see them – fight and you just knew okay well they're just not talented enough you're seeing a lot of that you're they're just not talented enough with this titans team but you're not seeing a whole lot of positives there's nothing to bank off of oh ryan stonehouse is a good punter that's great (laughs) we know we know that i think yeah sure you've got something in will levis tajay spears seems to be a weapon but what good is a weapon if you don't have any ammo and the ammo is the offensive line up front i to me it's just there's nothing to build off of. And while you can say that's personnel, yeah, I think maybe probably 60% of it is personnel. 40% of it is coaching. Mike Vrabel used to pride himself off of taking scrap heaps off of, off, out of the junkyard and turning them into these finely tuned, like, tackling machines. Where has that gone? Like, to, we're giving Mike Vrabel the opportunity to show us that he is a hell of a coach, the coach that we, a lot of us think he is, but he's not doing it. And to me, if he doesn't do it on Sunday, I'm, I, I just, I don't, I don't think I, how many other more chances are we going to give him? Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. And when we're talking about Mike Vrabel and this year's Titans team, they've been in some games. They've lost some coin flips at new Orleans against Pittsburgh. You got a shot against Indianapolis, had a shot against Baltimore, in London, but they're losing these games. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, what if Jack, what ifs, you know, and ifs and butts were candy and nuts, everyone would have a Merry Christmas. But when it comes to firing Vrabel, if you lose to the Panthers, I think that that's the wrong decision. Yeah. The the proof of that ifs and nuts thing is in the pudding too. That's for sure. That's a good point. Uh, So, so here's why firing Vrabel mid season is a bad idea because what does that fix for this year? Right. You've still got the same hapless roster with no talent across the board. Firing Vrabel's not going to make the offensive line any better. Not going to make the receivers catch. Not going to make Chig stop dropping footballs. It's not <laughs> going to. It's not going to help the secondary. Uh, you know, 
covering their assignment to actually doing something positive on the back end of that defense. It's not going to help any of that. And what it's definitely not going to help is your lack of draft picks moving forward. If and only if you decide that Mike Vrabel is not the right coach for this roster, which I believe it's fair to wonder at this stage, you don't you don't fire him. Like just because you have a you know a player that a lot of the re- uh, say the rest of the league really values this wide receiver that you have on your team and he's not performing well for you and you're losing a lot of games. But you know he's done some things in the past that really raised some eyebrows to where other teams around the league say, "You know what? I'd like to take a, I'd, I'd like to take a swing at him. He's still got some left in the tank. He's still got some value to me. Why would you fire Vrabel when you can trade him this offseason? Get something back if you're done with Vrabel. I don't think the Titans are done with Vrabel. I think that even if they lose against Carolina, they're not going to fire Vrabel. Um, I, I think that Amy Adams strunk. It, now it depends how the rest of the season goes. Obviously, I mean, if you yeah, Ferris, she, yeah, she stretch. showed us. She showed us last year that like she's not afraid to make a move in season. Unlike Vrabel, she's not afraid to <laughs> to pull that trigger. And 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 what I loved about the John Robinson firing last year was like she's not willing to put up with losing effort. She doesn't like losing, and she doesn't. She's not going to be. Patient, at least not as patient as as Bud Adams was. Her father, I. To Bud me, Adams I, wasn't I very patient at the end of his days. Well, I mean, he 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 let things go on for a little bit far too long, in my Steve opinion. Steve McNair as well. I mean, that whole thing, I guess that's more Floyd Reese's problem, but um, God rest both of their souls. But back to the Vrabel thing, I, I just don't think firing midseason is the right way to do it. For the Titans, like you, you're not going to win with him. You're not going to win without him. Like it, Mike Vrabel's not going to change this roster, and firing him does you no good for the future. There are teams around the league that would love to have Mike Vrabel as their coach. And hell, Mike Vrabel might still be a top ten coach. It's hard to make that case this season, and a lot of people are probably screaming at their at their phones or their radios while they're listening to this. But you know, he's viewed across the league as a guy that some teams might give up a first round draft pick for. So All why right, would you I mean- fire? You bring a good point. That's a that's a fair point. Get something out of them. Um, I, if you're I, done, with I it. understand that. Right, right. Um, all right, Jack. Uh, we want to we, we want to get to the exciting news. Let's do that on the other side of Paul Kaharski. Uh, we got a great conversation with him all about Mike Vrabel, which uh, st- stay tuned for. Not that you're gonna like tune away from a podcast if you're already listening to us. Odds are you're gonna keep listening to us. But you came here uh, for PK. You're not leaving us now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Let's first get a word from our friends at BetMGM. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. And now it's got the ball garden. Yeah, yeah, 
But girl, let's just wait till this party go. Yeah. Cause I feel great, I don't know about two. I don't know about two, but I got this fruit punch in my cup. Night just getting started, I'm already doing too much. Reach down in my pocket, my wallet missing, boy, tighten up. Party all on the rooftop, might just fall off. All right, we are absolutely losing our minds as Titans fans. So we needed to bring a guy in here that will uh, kind of screw our heads on straight and uh, just talk real to us. Uh, kind of like, kind of like a like a big brother. You know, he's gonna not gonna put up with any uh, any nonsense. He's really just gonna shoot us straight, which is what we need right now. Uh, he is the purveyor and the namesake behind PaulKarski.com. Which employs our guy Mike Herndon. Uh, so if you love the sods we do with with Mike, uh, you got to check out the work that they do there. Honestly, it d- does a fantastic job covering this team that we all despise so much. Uh, and when the team isn't giving you answers on the field, PK makes sure they give you them off of it. And uh, PK, I, I kind of want to start there because I feel like it's hard doing what you do. It's hard to to you know, be a journalist covering an NFL team. Um, But it's even harder to do what you specifically do, which is you ask the questions that need to be asked and that we as fans want to be asked. Um, And I think you do it better than, I I think there's a lot of great people that work and cover the Titans, but I think you do it. You're, you're known for doing it. You know, you, you ask the questions and you make guys feel uncomfortable when asking those questions. And that means you, you know, that you're asking good questions. My question to you is the hell is going on over at Titans park? Like what is like, why is this team consistently getting worse and nobody seems to be doing anything about it or even noticing that it is getting worse outside of that building? Well, I mean, I think the fundamental answer to every question starts with, they are not very talented. They're just not very talented. They don't have a very good roster. If you go through this roster and say, like, who do you have to have next year if you're if you're putting together next year's roster? It's a very short list, right? Simmons, Skaronsky, Levis. You know, I'm a Roger McCreary fan. If you keep him in the nickel, you know, who, who am I missing? You have to have Stonehouse. You know, who's the next name? You know, yeah, yeah, right. It's it's not a very long list of must-have guys of foundational um, pieces, and so you know, I think the tough question thing, and I don't think it's that hard to, to frankly, to ask. Yeah, um, why is Dylan Radens uh, repeatedly false starting? Why is uh, Aaron Brewer repeatedly high mm. snapping? I, I think that. As common sense questions, but um, you know, I, I think the number one reason this team is is playing poorly is because it doesn't have talent, you know. And I'm a Mike Vrabel backer in terms of him keeping his job and, and moving forward because he's been a good coach when he has talent. He's been a good coach when he has a framework of talent and could plug in. Heck, Andrew Adams and Terrence Mitchell around that framework of talent and and done well. And so I think stability is important for NFL teams. I think stability is important for somebody like Will Levis. 
We've seen what happens to guys, Marcus Mariota, for one, who had coordinator after coordinator, um, and it's not necessarily a, a healthy environment. And I think the number one reason that he doesn't have a lot of answers is because he's not going to stand up there and say, this roster's not very good, and I haven't had that big a hand in in assembling it. And, you know, a guy that I did have a hand in, like Andre Dillard, was a gamble that didn't pan out. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of options. There seems to be like a divide amongst Titans fans, at least, where it's, you know, a lot of people are calling for Vrabel's head. You know, get him out. It's He's clearly not getting the job done. And then there's those that are saying, well, exactly kind of what you just said. There's rosters lacking talent on a lot of different levels. And the, a lot of people put that blame on John Robinson. My question is at what point is John Robinson kind of void of the responsibility of this current team? Because we've gone through an entire off season where, you know, there was the ability, not obviously not a ton of changes because they were kind of, you know, ha had their hands tied with cap space, but you know, you had an entire off season to kind of refresh and we're seeing kind of more of the same of what we saw the second half of last season in terms of not being able to win on the road, not being able to score a lot of points. At what point is the the John Robinson kind of clear of that? Are we still in that area of, well, this is still John Robinson's mess that we have to clean up? Or is there is there when can we turn over that leaf, I guess? Yeah, I, I don't think you could turn over that leaf until the Caleb Farley hole is filled. Yeah until the Isaiah Wilson slash Dylan Radins hole is filled, still not filled until they're not counting on Traylon Burks to be uh, an effective wide receiver. Those are just the three off the top of my head. And those are big things to absolve or to get past high picks involved there. Right. So a Farley, a first round pick, uh, Wilson, a first round pick, Raiden's a second round pick. Uh, and what's the other spot? I said Burke's a first round pick. So you're looking at three firsts and a second there that you need to cure yourself from. So you either need to have big hits somewhere else later, solve them with some of the hundred million dollars that you have in free agency next year, um, or, you know, hit first round picks, which you only have one of com coming up. It's, it's a complicated thing to fix. It, it was a complicated thing to mess up and it's going to take time. Now we see rebuilds happen quickly. You know, I go back to, I don't remember what year it was when they brought in Chris Hope and Kevin Mawai and there was uh, David Thornton in that class. You know, I don't know that you can find classes like that anymore because guys like that more frequently get re-signed by their teams. Um, and the problem with the Titans is they need left tackle they need a uh, premier cornerback and they need elite wide receiver. I'll leave pass rusher out of it for the time, but that one too. And those are four positions that don't get to free agency. If you've got a great guy at that position, you're re-signing him. So you have to find those guys in the draft, cultivate them, keep them and re-sign them. And the Titans aren't going to find all of those. You know, They're lucky if they find two of them in this draft, if they hit in the first and second round. Then you got to, you know, maybe you could find a wide receiver in free agency. He's not going to be super elite guy. Um, you know, you're not finding a left tackle in free agency. Uh, it's hard to find a premier edge guy. It's hard, hard to find an elite corner. 
And so it's going to take, it's going to take time. So the answer to your question is Robinson's echo lasts a lot longer than people want to uh, want to believe or, or want to endure. Paul, you've covered this team for a long, long time. And, you know, over the, over the last two decades, there's been a handful of really lean years, but where does this Titans team rank amongst some of the worst that you've gotten to cover while you've been in Nashville? <laughs> well, I don't think, I, I understand people want to gerrymander now, right? They've won three of the last, what is it? 17. 17. But you don't get to carve out. I mean, it's very convenient to carve out of, of that, right? And that's awful. Um, but they won seven games last year. That's not a Ken Wisenhunt season. Now, this might be a Ken Wisenhunt season, but you need two seasons back-to-back to be a Ken Wisenhunt era. Um, and and so, uh, you know, and people are saying, you know, worst offensive line ever. I led my podcast or I, I used it in my podcast last week. I mean, there was an offensive line that Wisenhunt fielded in his first year that has two guys I don't think people even remember their, their names. They gave up eight sacks of Mettenberger, who got knocked out of that game. And, and Locker, and the Giants had just put their two best pass rushers on IR the week before. <laughs> so, I mean, if you go back and look at that game in 2015, that game singularly was worse than anything the Titans have done th- this season. So there's some recency bias. It, look, it's t- I'm not saying it's not terrible. I'm just saying it's it's been worse. It's been mm-hmm. worse. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, it's really bad right now, for sure. Um, you know, the Titans should absolutely beat Carolina. I understand people doubting that they that they will. Um, they need to cause some problems for somebody in the AFC South here. Uh, I said this in a podcast also. I think um, it's important to Amy Adams Strunk and the Adams family in general, what the Titans do and how they measure up to the Texans. They don't mm-hmm. like the Texans. And that the Texans were three thirteen and one last year, and have made this jump, and have a rookie quarterback who's legitimately in the MVP conversation right now. Probably not going to win it, but he's offensive player of the uh, year, maybe. He's offensive rookie of the year, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that measuring stick is a is a big fail this year, and she's not going to like that part of it. And they should really try to show well. Not that they're not trying every week. But those two games are big benchmarks. If you're going to pull an upset somewhere, you know, let it be in those uh, Oilers uniforms at home against the Texans. Um, So it's just, uh, you know, I think this season could qualify as as one of those seasons. But you got to give me two of those seasons in a row to qualify as as Wisenhunt-esque. And those two seasons were obviously the bottom of uh, of this team's era in Tennessee. Yeah, it was those two Wizenhunt seasons and then life after McNair, I believe the two seasons following his departure where it was three, four win years. And I, you know, I imagine they'll be able to stack at least one or two more wins this year, but we'll see. Um, nothing's guaranteed after Here's something interesting. I, I tweeted it. Um, what's today? Tuesday morning. I don't know when you're posting this. Right now, out of finishing in last place, the Titans three draws of the, the thing that makes your schedule easier or harder right now. There are three games out of that. They'd go to the giants, which that that's a great, that should be a, a, a easy game. Quote unquote Bengals at home chargers on the road. 
So for finishing in last place, you'd get Joe Burrow again, a team that, that has owned the Titans, even though they beat them this year. But the the, the Bengals on a comeback and uh, and Herbert, who, you know, is no fun to play against. Forgive my yeah. thoughts. Yeah. It, it will probably have a new coach, too, so that makes him even more dangerous. Um, Raiders you know, everyone... are likely to take over last place in that division, I would think true uh you know everyone's looking to kind of point the finger and there's just so many issues that it's impossible to point the finger at just one person but when the offense isn't getting into the end zone a lot of people want to blame the offensive coordinator I want to ask you how hard it is to assess Tim Kelly this year just due to the poor offensive line play no matter what he draws up no matter what he schemes up this offensive line doesn't really give them a chance to execute consistently so how hard is it for you to grade Tim Kelly's first year as a Titans play caller it's hard, um, you know, but look, he did some inventive things in Jacksonville. They had two creative touchdowns. So I, why not find those plays earlier in the game? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yes, right, right. I mean, everybody's asking that question, right? And then, you know, you're out of the game when you throw the touchdown to Jeffrey Simmons. So you're rewarding a hardworking guy and everything. But you can't get anything going in the red zone. And the guy you choose to get going is a defender. Like, <laughs> wouldn't it make more sense to get somebody on offense going when you have Chig. a to actually tight ends? Yeah. In the red zone. The other thing, and I'm going to write or pot about that this week, is the Titans' average depth of target is excellent. I mean, Will Levis is number one, uh, and Ryan Tannehill's tied for number two. So I think people like that, and they know yeah. Levis has the arm and everything. But for them to, to be throwing the ball – downfield that way means people are in for protection you're limiting the routes well they don't have a lot of people to send out and everything but also where's where's the short stuff like have we seen crossing like i know you don't have aj brown anymore and and burks is probably your best guy at it but have we seen anybody crossing and like getting the ball in their hands with the head of steam that maybe has a chance to run with the ball or they finally went to Kyle Phillips in two games in a row before they targeted him a grand total of once in Jacksonville. And I thought we'd see some plays. And again, I, I don't want to pretend I'm an X's and O's offensive guru. I'm absolutely not. But, you know, on a third and five, I thought that we would see Kyle Phillips run some six yard routes where he's facing the quarterback uh, like Adam Humphreys did also where, where he's going to convert a first down with with short area quickness and yeah, even yeah. when they were throwing to him the two games where i think he had 60 yards in in both of those games i haven't seen him used a lot in that short area quickness way yeah so in those regards i'm a little bit confused uh by tim kelly i understood i mean he offered a very good explanation of the fourth down play in pittsburgh where they threw deep and why that was the right we read for Will Levis to throw deep on that play, which is great. Don't call that play because there's a low percentage. <laughs> right, you, right, right. Read there. And all you needed was, what was it, fourth and five. So call a play where the most favorable stuff is going to be six yards. Convert it and keep going. So there have been a lot of questions about Tim Kelly. But like with all of these guys, he's had very little to work with. Mm -hmm. I expect Mike Vrabel to be back and people are asking for a purge of the staff. He just completely changed this offensive staff. So I, I'm not expecting some huge overhaul of the offensive staff. I'm expecting a huge overhaul of the talent. Well, I kind of want to uh, go there and I guess at least look retrospectively, because I, I agree with you. I don't think there's at least any 
specific coaching uh, changes that need to be made this year. Although even if there needed to be any, we kind of know that Vrabel wouldn't pull the trigger, at least not in season. Um, he's not that kind of guy never has been. And I mean, if he's stuck with Todd Downing all through, you know, through two full seasons uh, just recently, you kind of know he's not going to, he's not going to do anything to, to shake things up and outside of an off season. But then, then you you look up north and you see the Steelers today let go of Matt Canada and you know Mike Tomlin right there says all right this offense is so bad I can't put up with this any longer something needs to be done I don't know what their plan is now for who's calling plays in Pittsburgh but they just figured enough is enough could you ever see and I again I don't think there anything needs to be done right now but could you ever see Vrabel getting to that point because. I mean, and you know better than any of us that, I mean, you were the one asking the questions of of Mike, who, who only seems to hire guys who he's worked with in the past, guys who he's familiar with. Do you feel like we will ever get to that point with Vrabel where, where he will cut ties with one of his quote-unquote buddies to uh, to move on somewhere else in the in the coaching staff if it gets to that point? Well, he's not going to do anything in season, and I don't think doing anything in season would help. And it's important to note that Matt Canada shouldn't have started the season. Right. He was awful in in the past. Um, You know, he has cut ties with with people he's close with. Downing, uh, Jim Hazlitt, uh, you know, uh, didn't work out at all, and and he cut ties with him. And he's not as close with some of these people as as – uh, as people make it out to be Chris Harris, who he hired as, as cornerback coach. He had no, no previous relationship with, um, you know, got rid of Keith the, Carter. Uh, yeah. Got rid of Keith Carter, who I don't think he had a relationship with before he got okay. here. Keith Carter was a Matt LaFleur guy. Um, that, that was the connection that brought him uh, in the door, but um, you know, when when Mike Vrabel's going good and he says, well, look, I bring in guys and let them develop. And then when opportunities arise, if if they interview well and present a good plan to me and, and I feel they have developed here, it's a sensible thing to keep things in house. I, I don't think that's an unreasonable argument when things go the way they're going now. It looks ridiculous to have promoted Keith Carter's assistant. But again, Look, and I'm a, as big a Mike Munchak as offensive line, as an offensive line coach, a big a fan of him as anybody. Hey, I think it's pretty ridiculous to think that Mike Munchak's just going to say yes. I'll come back <laughs> to the organization that that yeah. fired me and work for a guy that I don't know. Like everybody makes it like, oh, they could have had Mike Munchak because he's not working anywhere. He absolutely <laughs> yeah, would right, come right, back right. and work. Right. And if you think that Mike Munchak's going to turn Andre Dillard into Michael Roos. That's incredibly naive. Uh, I mean, Mike Munchak is phenomenal, but Andre Dillard is really terrifically bad. Um, so I, I, I think people simplify all of these things into uh, something that's just way, way easier. And 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 also they transfer things to assistant coaches off of players. Like the biggest problem with Andre Dillard has nothing to do with Haas, the the offensive line coach. It's Andre Diller, right. who doesn't have a lot of heart and doesn't have a lot of skill. So don't don't shift the blame off Andre Diller. Keep the blame on Andre Diller. Andre Diller should be getting help from Titans fans. 
Because Andre mm -hmm. Dillard's really bad. I don't know why we have to take the focus off of Andre Dillard. Number one person to blame for Andre Dillard is Andre Dillard. Number two <laughs> person to blame for Andre Dillard are the geniuses who thought that Andre Dillard could come in and start as left tackle for the Tennessee Titans, and they're Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel. Yeah, and you should give all your hate to Andre Dillard on social media because you know he won't be able to block you there. <laughs> uh, PK, I, I got to ask you the uh, – I. Something that I've kind of picked up on this season, um, it, at least more so in, in years past, and I don't know if it's just because the losses, the, the the losing streaks are getting to me or what, but it, to me it feels like uh, this season Mike Vrabel's body language is um, is just a, is is off. It just feels like it's I, it's certainly not resounding, and I know there hasn't been a lot to be excited about, happy about, but. Just from all get go, even after the win uh, against the Falcons, uh, which was a, a wonderful performance, I thought, by the entire team, just not a whole lot of excitement and joy, enthusiasm. You cover him obviously closely every single day and you're in press conferences with him. Do you feel like this year the the potty language of Vrabel is, is off any more than in years past? So I do too much parsing of what he says. I, I break it down too much at times. And I'm aware of that. And I say it at places like here or, uh, you know, I'll do it. And then I'll say, oh, that was too much. This is too much fans with this body language breakdown. So he looks miserable because they're yeah. losing. So mm -hmm. people say, oh, my God, the guy's checked out. First off, right. you think a competitor like Mike Vrabel, who looks bad because his team looks bad. There's a segment of the fan base that thinks he's checked out. They said, oh, he's checked out because he wants to go to New England. Yeah, the guy is dying to go to the only AFC team that's worse <laughs> than the one that he's coaching right now. That has a quarterback, looks to have a quarterback, as, compo uh, as compared to the one that he would go take over. It's ridiculous the things that people are reading into it. And if his body language was good, people would say, how could he have such good body language? <laughs> three and seven. What is this guy strutting around about on the sideline? Yeah. How could he have smiled at Jeffrey Simmons' celebration <laughs> after that touchdown when they're losing as badly as they are? This guy doesn't give a damn. He is happy over there. He cannot win on the body language front. There's no way to win. And people should stop assessing his body language. Look, okay. here's Mike Vrabel. He is a proud guy who thinks he can turn them around, who thinks he could get them better, who's not going to change what he's doing because it, it's worked for him in the past. And he's very confident that he knows what he's doing. And right now he's miserable because what he's doing isn't working. And so he's, he's broken up. by. It. Are there moments of levity in his life? Like there should be for anybody who's having a shitty year at work. I'm sorry if I've ruined things by cursing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Does he drive home at night and, you know, have an enjoyable glass of wine with his wife or get licked in the face by his dog? And that's a good thing. Absolutely. And should that be allowed for? Absolutely. Can he have a pregame laugh with the coach of the other team or a sentimental moment with a guy in the locker room over an individual play? Absolutely. Should we assess his body language on every screenshot somebody captures from the cbs broadcast absolutely not okay. i love it i love that I agree. this is why this is why we brought him on honestly this is exactly why we brought pk on 
It's the good stuff. PK, th- this offseason, there's going to be a lot of moves made. You mentioned that you you believe there will be an overhaul of talent, and there absolutely has to be if they want to be competitive again. The Colts today released Shaq Leonard. It, do, do you think the Titans are interested at all in that in that player? You know, I know he's had some injury issues, but at his peak, mm-hmm. he was a, an all-pro type player. Well, I'm not going to claim the contract because there's big money yeah. involved in it. I, I can't say I'm familiar with his current health status. I do not understand. Here's what the Titans should be doing at inside linebacker and at other positions. Um, they should be looking hard at practice squads around the league. Practice squads around the league are loaded with players who are in their first three years, first four years. And the Titans had draft boards over the last three or four years where there were guys that they liked who they could not draft, who have failed to make teams elsewhere and are on somebody else's practice squad. I don't understand why when Chance Campbell goes down, and I know they they claimed an offensive lineman from Carolina, and that's fine, the, the numbers game of positions. But like inside linebacker is an issue right now. Monty Rice is bad and and everybody's figured out the the limitations of jack gibbons right and aziz al-shair is is a good player but he's a fast player he needs to be clean or he needs to run around somebody and that costs some some time they there has to be on a practice squad somewhere an inside linebacker who's better than what they're fielding and i don't understand their unwillingness to just sign some of those guys you sign them and they have to go on your 53-man roster. And how the 51st, 52nd, and 53rd man on your roster isn't worth signing an offensive tackle, an inside linebacker, and a, a, a pass rusher or, or whatever who might need two or three weeks to get ready to try to help you. Why they don't try that, even though it's not tried popularly around the league, I don't understand. And they don't answer for it. I asked Vrabel about that. And he says, well, we have tryouts and we've claimed guys off waivers. Well, that's different. Tryouts, there are 300 guys on practice squads that you're skipping past when you get to tryouts of guys who are on the street. Jack, um, PK has, uh, you know, graciously given time out of uh, his holiday week uh, on a day where the Titans are actually practicing that he has got to go out and cover uh, to to sit down and 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 talk with us about one of the most miserable topics that we can think of, and that is the 2023 Tennessee Titans. So let's send him out on a question that he we know he wants to answer, a question yeah, that we know yeah, he'd yeah, yeah. be well-versed in. Paul, I'm excited to ask you about this. You know, it is Thanksgiving week, the perfect week to have you on, but even better for this question. How excited are you for local sports talk radio shows to talk about their favorite <laughs> Thanksgiving dish? <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, I think it is, uh, I can't, look, people listen to things here out of habit and people have bad habits. I bite my fingernails. It's a bad habit. <laughs> I catch myself biting my fingernails. I say, why are you biting your fingernails? So you should reward shows that, and, and television broadcasts that go nowhere near this. And if somebody asks it this week, I will, probably have a hard time not saying something about it um it's just 
old and rehashed and miserable and i don't give a damn if a guy likes sweet potatoes or not do you <laughs> I, I mean i no i don't give a damn can you talk about thanksgiving food like i talked <laughs> about it when i was seven and that was good then i turned eight and i moved on to other things in in my life um and it's the biggest waste waste of time ever no. not that there's any good conversation going on in the titans locker room or any, any anything coming out of there but whatever's coming out of there it's got to be better than sweet. anything is better yeah. than Thanksgiving dish talk. Yes, I absolutely. Agree. Yeah, PK, you couldn't possibly think that sports talk radio would do the same thing every single year, would you? No, I mean, I, I especially enjoy Arbor Day. I don't listen to any uh, <laughs> any Nashville sports talk radio except Robbie and Rex Road on one two five The Game, which I think yes. is a quality show and which uh, I'm a part of. Uh, mm -hmm. once a week, eight to nine on Wednesdays, which is when people should be tuning in. But um, generally with the variety of podcasts that are available uh, and, and music, I, th I think people should be more discerning. That said, you know, I could be full of absolute crap because I, I see ratings generally and people apparently can't, can't turn this stuff off. So maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I think, you know, it's like biting my nails. Well, you look, I think if you want to check out the sweet potato special on uh, the Paul Kaharski podcast, part of the 440 Media uh, Network, you can do so this week. I think that's coming with that uh, drops Thursday, the uh, where it's just solely uh, in mashed potatoes, uh, corn, cranberry sauce, everything. And and because I missed it on Halloween, I'm going to I'm going to go back and rate candy bars. Candy. And, uh, <laughs> and I may I, I don't know if I'll have enough time. But I may rate my all-time favorite Christmas presents. Okay, oh, I can't all wait. Right. There I get it all. Just there a full holiday season blowout. <laughs> PK, dude, we love you, man. It has been way too long since we've had you on. We appreciate you doing so uh, on such a busy week. Uh, thank you, guys. Check out paulkaharski.com, um, where you find tremendous content and like truthful, just straight cut straight through the the nonsense and not beat around the bush and tell you exactly how it is just like he did today with us pk Look, we appreciate you don't it, even have to pay for it go to zen sports if you live in tennessee go to zen sports uh use tn paul as your code oh ten dollars and you get a free year membership to my site damn look at that there That's you go awesome. That way you could win some money and get a full year subscription to paulkoharski.com bang bang paul, Paul, uh, last thing on the way out the door, if the Titans lose to the Panthers on Sunday, does that change anything that we talked about today? I mean, it makes it, uh, you know, that much more awful, um, you know. Yeah, you bench, have... bench everybody and play the guys who are worse than them behind them. I, I mean, what could change? It makes them open, open tryouts, bring in a few Vince Papalis in here. That much more desperate to get to the off season and, and my favorite thing in the world, <laughs> the draft. All right. <laughs> there are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. The Titans currently sit at three and 14 over their last 17 games. But on Friday, they sat at three and 13. And it had been a while since Titans fans could remember getting good news in terms of their favorite football franchise. Uh, I think maybe the DeAndre Hopkins signing was one. And other than that, 
I don't know, Todd Downing news, but if you really want to celebrate someone losing their livelihood, it, I mean, that's, that's, that's fair, but good news has, has been very sparse over the last calendar year. I'd say, um, even after their best win over the last calendar year, uh, it was followed up by uh, DUI. So it was very refreshing to see the Titans say, Hey, look, things are not going well this year. We need we need to change things up. We need to throw something at our fans, something that they can chew on that will bring new life and excitement to this team, which is why they, on Thursday, said, we're calling a press conference tomorrow, 10 a.m., regarding exciting news. And I and I say that in with air quotes, exciting news regarding the Titans' new stadium. And boy, oh boy, did they undersell that one. Exciting news. Are you kidding me? This might have been, uh, I had a daughter that was born three weeks ago, and this news was even more exciting than that, okay? <laughs> the Titans came out and said, glitz, glamour, sticking swords in, in rocks. It's official. The new Titans stadium will be called Nissan Stadium. Just, just like the old one. Not very exciting. Lasers. Ah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The price is right. Losing horn. What the hell Titans? Like, can you read the damn room for one second and see that we are freaking railing over here? We are having to watch some of the most pathetic football I can remember since the Ken Wisenhunt era with this franchise. And you come out saying you've got exciting news and all it is is a corporate sponsorship? Are you kidding me? Like, am I losing my mind here, Jack? No, it's disappointing. Like, don't, and Titans fans are smart enough to know that this news was probably not going to be exciting anyways, right? Like, and, and don't tease us and, and definitely don't tease it. It's disrespectful to say, oh, they'll be excited about this for sure. This is going to be something that really fires them up in the midst yeah. of a three and what are we, three and eight? Three and eight season. We'll get we'll drop some exciting news right now because everyone's pissed. How can we cheer him up? Nissan Stadium part two? I'm sorry, that just doesn't do it for me. If you if if it was Nissan Coliseum, Ooh. everyone for just a short moment would forget about all of the disaster that's See, happening. That would us. be exciting. So yeah, look, I'm I'm very firm believer of don't be critical without providing a solution. Okay. I've yes. got two solutions for this one. One you just hit on. If they came out and said it's going to be Nissan Coliseum, boom. I think a lot That's of Titans awesome. fans, that brings back the heyday of Adelphia Coliseum when that stadium was its loudest and proudest. Uh, that that it, it brings back the life of feel. Like uh, we had a new stadium back then. We're getting another new stadium now. Bringing that Coliseum name carries a lot oh, of weight. And I, makes the I, hairs I, on I, my arm stand up. And yes, I know. Look, for all of you, well, actually, there's a lot more well, actually, people on the internet these days. But and there's so there's probably some listening to this right now. Well, actually, Colosseum is a Roman word, and it, it has to do with Rome rather than Greece. Hey, shut you up. shut up! You shut, shut up! Shut up! Okay, when we're not paying homage to Greece or Rome, we're paying homage to Adelphia Colosseum. Back when this team was good, back when they were hanging AFC Championship banners and a banner is just singular they only did once but you like you catch my drift so to me i that was one way the other way just drop the word exciting from the press release just don't say exciting is that so hard problem solved no one gets their hopes up no one gets let down it was less exciting than the titans in the red zone all right we need to get out of here um 
make sure you follow the podcast at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram, at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Look, we we do this uh, podcast through A to Z Sports, and uh, we love doing it. And we we just ask that uh, if you like it, support it. If you don't, don't tell anyone that. (laughs) Don't, (laughs) you know, but if you like it, tell everyone. And if you like it, leave a rating and review and subscribe uh, to this podcast. All those little things. I know like you hear every single podcast, tell you, even if like, even if you don't check us out every single week, but you like us hitting that subscribe button helps us a lot. And rating and review helps the podcast a lot. And it takes, you know, 15 seconds out of your day. So uh, we appreciate all of you guys who do at, uh, uh, or, or so, Oh, and when you do leave us a rating and review, remember, give uh, in the little comment section, say four and a half of these stars go to those tighten up idiots. Point five stars go to Buck because it's important because since we share the same podcast feed, it's it's important to know where the stars are going. And I think that's a good way to uh, show that off. Yeah, it's like animals just kind of like peeing on trees to mark their territory. That's what we're doing on the the Sports Podcast Network. And by the way, awesome. We haven't had a review written. Since January 30th of this year, like the, the oh, whole that's... podcast network, guys, let's wait go. a minute. Let's... What if that's the reason the Titans have sucked? Oh, we can't blame the Tuppers. I'm not blaming the Tuppers. I'm just saying it like you're saying, like maybe of... they're not, maybe they're not doing the, everything they could for the Titans. The two kind of correlate, you know, like maybe it's like, you know, because there was there was a while back. <laughs> When we first started, we were getting we were getting a, a comment a, at least like a comment a month. Now yeah. it's like now we it, haven't gotten one like all calendar year. Like, leave your reviews. I'll read them next episode if they come in. So four okay. and a half stars for for the Tuppers or for for Austin or what is it? Tighten up, idiots. And point yeah. five for Buck. Let's get yeah. those reviews in. Let's five star it. Let's drop a comment. Let's leave your name so I can know who sent it. And right. I'll get to reading some reviews next week. Hopefully I look, I love that. I love that. I think that's, I think we're well overdue. And, and uh, if you look, if you don't want to call us the Titan up idiots, you can also call us the uh, loyal t- Titan fanboy podcasters. That was something else that we've also been called. Uh, that's our full government sub tweets in the past. Yeah. So you could also call us that uh, we honestly, we don't care what you call us. Just give us that rating and review. We appreciate it. Seriously. It, it does mean the world and we're building a bit of a community. You know, what I love the most is when people shoot us back our own inside jokes from this podcast on Twitter at tighten up pod or on Instagram at tighten up podcast. And of course you can follow a to Z sports on all of the socials as well at a to Z sports. Jack is on Twitter and is very good at Twitter. Very funny, especially to follow during (laughs) Titans games, because look, the only thing we can do right now is laugh. And Jack does a great job of providing laughs when the world is burning around us at Jack, a Gentry on Twitter. You can also follow myself at Austin Huff. Uh, We appreciate all of you guys uh, for doing so. And I think that's all I got on my end. Jack, do you got anything on your end? Nothing on my end. I, I'm Any, anything for think. the. I want to say anything for the road, but the Titans haven't been good on the road yet, so I'm going to try and change that up. But do you have anything for the home? Well, I, I want to say happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys who might be traveling right now. I know it's a big travel week. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. We appreciate yeah. you. We love we're you. Very, we're thankful for you. Is that is thankful. that cliche? No, it's the truth. The truth is, is in the, the pudding. Ha! <laughs> There it is. Full circle moment, folks. And that right there is why uh, you should follow this podcast and follow Jack 
Uh, we love you guys. Let's hopefully beat the freaking Panthers. If we don't, it things will get rowdy around here. Jack, you've got one more thing for the home. Everyone tweet at Paul Kaharski your favorite Thanksgiving dish this week. And yes! tag, us, tag us in every tweet. I, he's going to okay. lose his mind. It's going to be hilarious. We normally only give you one piece of homework every week. This week, we're giving you two. All right, leave a rating review. Uh, we That's number one. Number two, tweet at Paul Kaharski NFL is his Twitter handle. Tweet at him. Just your favorite out of context. Just say, you know, sweet potatoes, uh, you know, cranberry sauce, whatever your casserole, broccoli casserole. Just uh, to me, the funniest thing would be if his if his Twitter notifications were just full of random Thanksgiving foods. I think he'll know exactly where they're coming from. This is how you got to do it. My favorite Thanksgiving dish is blank. Yeah, yours. Yeah, 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 every yeah. every one of them. What's your? Always ask him at the very. Ask end. him. Yeah, what's yours? Say oh, I love mash- sweet potatoes. Uh, what's yours? I please do that. Gosh, that would be the funniest in the world. Uh, we that would be one way to make us all laugh in a season that is making us cry so much. So, all right, now with all of that said, until next week, tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, they'll keep on fighting all the way.